Giggly Vocal from Aperio, with guest host I, Stephanie Boyce, celebrating women in legal. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Legally Vocal. I'm I, Stephanie Boyce, President of the Law Society of England and Wales, and joining me today is Priscilla Oshoba. Welcome, Priscilla. Thank you, Stephanie, for having me. Priscilla, just to start with a bit of introduction, tell us a bit about yourself. Yes, I'm a solicitor in our projects team at Burgess Salmon, which is a firm headquartered in Bristol, but with offices in London and Edinburgh. And I do a mixture of procurement, transport, and energy work um, within the team. I've been qualified for a year and trained at the firm. And since being at the firm, I've been really involved in our BAME group, Be Cultured, which is the group for employees and allies who want to help to promote equality at the firm. And of course, in 2019, Inspirational Women in Law Awards, you won the Under 35 Lawyer of the Year Award. And so how did that feel? Incredible. Um, I did joke at the time that I had peaked too early. It definitely felt <laughs> like something that I shouldn't have won until a few more years down the line. I was a trainee at the time. Um, but that was amazing to have that experience of going to the awards show with no expectations and then actually end up winning and to have the work that I'd done in my couple of years as a trainee recognised in that way felt really felt really nice. And what has life been like for you since then? Well mainly just continued with trying to grow, be cultured and put on events adapted for the new kind of virtual environment and yeah I found the pandemic and especially the events of 2020, May 2020, um, George Floyd's murder, Mm -hmm. provided a good platform to talk about allyship. So that's something that people have been really engaged with at the firm. Um, So that's been really positive. And of course, that's one of the reasons why you're joining me today as we hashtag Break the Bias, which is, of course, the theme for International Women's Day. But before I move on to that... I, in doing my research and looking at some of the articles online, I was particularly taken by the old Chinese proverb that you have often quoted. And you say, when you were in primary school, we had a Chinese proverb on the wall that said, quote, he who asks a question may be a fool for five minutes. He who asks no question stays a fool forever, unquote. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. Um I think this is definitely something that I'm still working on, but I think coming into the legal profession, there's an expectation that you're going to be very good. And we kind of, well, I know I did place an expectation on myself to kind of have all the answers and be excellent from day one. And I think in in an industry full of high achievers, we often will have those sorts of expectations of ourselves. But um, the only way to get there is by asking questions when we need to Um, and that's something that I'm constantly reminding myself of Um, although I may feel silly asking questions if I ask the question I'll get the answer and then I'll know the answer Um, and it's that that's how you build knowledge and experience so that's something that I'm constantly reminding myself of and something that I'm glad that I was aware of from an early stage well, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about Be Cultured, your work with Be Cultured. And of course, you know, thinking about International Women's Day as we approach it, celebrate it, advocate and discuss the issues, the inequalities that still exist, where we still fight for a diverse, equitable and inclusive world. So just thinking about some of the things you've done with Be Cultured, 
Have you observed any barriers and biases um, against women in the legal industry? And if so, what initiatives have you seen uh, that you think work well that will enable us to overcome those biases and barriers? I think some of the barriers faced by women in the legal industry tend to be caused by the um, billable hours model that we work to um, and the focus on getting as many billable hours as possible because and of course it's a generalization but women often take on most of the child caring or homekeeping responsibilities within a home um, so they are disproportionately affected by when they have to work later and by the focus on billable hours and I think that's something that the pandemic has hopefully alleviated somewhat because of the newfound acceptance of of flexible working patterns but it is something that still kind of disproportionately affects women and then I think another thing is negative stereotypes about women or just biases so things about things like women not being as assertive or competitive and not recognising the ways that women project confidence which may be different to how men project confidence so I know for me personally I've had comments that I'm I'm not projecting confidence always from men. And how does that make you feel when you're being told that? It's hard to hear that because I generally don't feel unconfident. I generally feel like I am quite confident um, and just because I am quieter doesn't mean that I'm any less confident than someone who whose personality type is just such that they talk a lot more and are a lot more bubbly. Um, and I think that sort of thing I've heard a lot as comments to women um, in law firms, friends and colleagues. Often it's senior males who um, are used to seeing confidence projected in a certain mm. way, in a way that they're more comfortable with. And when women have their own way of doing things or mm. displaying confidence, it's not recognised as displaying confidence um, because it's just something that people aren't necessarily used to. It's, it's a funny world, isn't it? Because if you are a woman and potentially come across as overconfident, too confident, um, mm. that can be an issue, a barrier. And from what yeah. you're saying is that, you know, from some of the comments that you have uh, uh, have been directed towards you, is that, you know, that also is perceived as a potential barrier because you're perhaps not exhibiting confidence enough confidence or uh, or what somebody the person making those comments likes to think is their version of confidence yeah. i mean it's fair to say that men at all levels of the profession should use their power and influence um, afforded to them to champion change but if i i, I share with you uh, there was a recent survey done so the women's business council estimated that fairer treatment for women in the workplace could add over 150 billion to GDP by 2030. And in a global context, a well-renowned marketing body report found that narrowing the gender gap could add between 12 and $28 trillion to the global GDP. Does that surprise you? I think the scale of those figures is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes total sense that there was so much untapped potential um, because of these biases against women so yeah I'd say I'm not surprised I guess it's it's stark to hear the figures but I'm not surprised absolutely so just turning our focus slightly on the pandemic 
a survey undertaken by the Next 100 Years Project on women in the law when the pandemic was at its height in October 2020, found that nearly a third worked for organisations who had made redundancies as a result of the pandemic. In addition, half of working mothers in the law had taken on more childcare responsibilities than their partners during the initial lockdown. And nine in 10 respondents had taken on extra childcare and homeschooling responsibilities, with a third forced to reduce their working hours as a result. And of course, a world where difference is valued and celebrated, and collectively where we can hashtag break the bias. Do you think the pandemic has made things worse or better? I think it's a difficult one because in terms of flexible working and showing that just because someone may have to rearrange their day so that they can do the school pickup or nursery drop-off doesn't mean that they aren't able to get the work done. I think it's been positive in that sense, but unfortunately women are bearing the brunt of the additional responsibilities outside of work um, and so are the ones having to either reduce their hours or stop working altogether to fit them in um, and in some cases being made being made to stop either because they're being made redundant or put on furlough. I suppose that is because often women do take on those responsibilities for childcare and homekeeping but also I suspect that the gender pay gap will have something to do with that so if it comes down to who in a family is going to give up work to take on these extra responsibilities, then um, it will most likely be whoever's earning the least. Um, and I feel like that's possibly been exacerbated by the pandemic. Mm. And what can organisations do to break the bias and contribute to uh, more women's rights and the equality that we are seeking to forge? I think it would benefit women if organisations focus more on output rather than input. So I think billable hours culture is a big culprit in the inequality um, between women and men. Um, and I think if there was more of a focus on the quality of work produced, whether that's through more fixed fee billing or some way to put the focus on the output so that it's not such a culture of just racking up as many hours as you can. We know, of course, from the statistics that the Law Society has managed to obtain that if you happen to be female, if you happen to be from an ethnic minority background, you are more likely to go in-house as a solicitor for a number of reasons that's been cited. So thinking about what, you're, what you've been saying about the billable hours, you know, that model and greater flexibility in our working day, in our working lives – Potentially, is that something that Bee Cultured has looked at? Is there any advice that can be given about people who are thinking about those billable hours and how they can fit everything in? As a group, Bee Cultured have looked at um, recognition for the hours that we do work because we've looked at it more from the angle of um, the fact that in a law firm with very few people from ethnic minority backgrounds, all of the work around racial and ethnic diversity is going to be done by very few people. So we've looked at it from the angle of um, ensuring that those hours are recognised and taken into account when it comes to reviewing targets and um, whether they're recognised as billable hours or not. We're not quite there yet, but I know that is a discussion that's being had because that can add to the burden as well of, of feeling like you've, you're not doing enough to hit your billable hours. So Priscilla, 
in the future, what more do you want to see for women in the legal profession? Yes, I think in the future, I'd like to see women who've been promoted to senior positions with different personality types and leadership styles, not just necessarily the loudest women or the women who can most successfully emulate what male partners want to see. And I mean, it's kind of circular in that I'd like to see more role models for women from different racial and ethnic backgrounds. And I'd like to see that it's not a case of having to choose between a career or a family. I'd like to see more women who are able to successfully have both and feel satisfied with their work-life balance and that they're not disadvantaging themselves by having to choose one or the other. Thank you very much, Priscilla. Today I've been joined by Priscilla Shoba. And in a world where difference is valued and celebrated, together we can forge women's equality. Collectively, we can all hashtag break the bias. Thank you very much, Priscilla, for joining me today. Thank you, Stephanie. Legally Vocal from Aperio. Join the conversation on LinkedIn or Twitter at Legally Vocal and follow on your podcast app of choice for every episode as it's released.